Welcome to Sunday evening worship here at Broadway Baptist Church. So glad you and your family are able to come and join us here this, this evening. Go ahead and pull out your Bibles. You want to turn to the book of Job, Old Testament book of Job. We're going through a sermon series here, really on suffering, and it's one on um, answering really some hard questions about life, how, how to deal with this, and I felt the Lord wanted me to preach on this because it's something that we here in this uh, unusual pandemic and this usual time period, there is a lot of suffering. Uh, a lot of folks, not just physical suffering, certainly there is physical suffering, but folks have obviously lost their jobs. Um, uh, people have gotten out of their routines. Maybe folks who are, uh, used to go to school, now they're not in school. Uh, parents are suffering at home, doing schoolwork with their children, possibly. So it's just a lot of, a lot of change and change it can obviously uh, create suffering for a lot of folks. And I think that's what the power of the book of Job, what it has for us. And I, what we're going to be looking at this evening is I want you to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Job chapter 37. We're going to be looking at Job 37, 38, 39. Now we're not going to be reading all three of those chapters or lengthy chapters. We're going to be looking at some scripture at each of those. What, let me bring you up to speed. Oh, there's there's an underlying question that is going to be answered throughout the book of Job. And it's a reoccurring theme that keeps coming up. Remember what is Job about? Job is about God. One day had Satan and all the angels appear before him. And God asked the question to Satan. Hey, what have you been up to? Where have, you been, where have you been roaming around to? Like, what, what are you doing? And he, Satan said, I've just been wandering the earth. And then God says, well, have you considered my servant Job? And what happened is we're seeing that God doesn't tempt us. God tests us. And that's what the book of Job is about. It's a test of suffering. Job is going to suffer throughout the entire book. And it's a test to see, does he remain faithful to the Lord? And I think we have to say in our lives, as we go through difficult days, we're going through a period, a season of testing. And that, a lot of times that testing does involve pain. It involves suffering. So... This is, the, this is a book on testing here. And the question, the running question that Satan asked God after the Lord pitched Job to him, says, hey, have you considered my servant Job? In Job 1.9, it says, Satan answers God, does Job fear God for nothing? And that's the question we're going to see throughout this entire event, this entire message. And I think that's a question for us. Do you fear God for nothing? What, there's, it's like there's always an ulterior, there's always something you're going to get out of coming to church. There's something you hope to get by praying. When you go to pray in your prayer life, what are your motives? What do you want? What healing do you want to happen? What 
item do you want paid for? What blessing do you want to receive? What is in it for me? That is the problem that Satan is asking. Does Job fear God for nothing? And the reason he was asking that question is because Satan believed the only reason Job was a righteous, godly man was because the Lord had blessed him tremendously. He had all the wealth in the world. He had a large family. He had received incredible oxen and, and, and livestock and just his farm life. He had gotten some of it. So of course he fears the Lord. When you get something, when you receive something, granted, in Satan's mind, that's why you're a believer. And a lot of people believe that today. And we have to be careful. We have to show to folks that in the good times, in the bad times, we, me, you, are faithful at serving the Lord. A lot of folks, when maybe they lose a spouse, they experience a divorce, their children rebel, they become empty nesters, their boyfriend breaks up with them. They, they throw in the towel, they're done, they're mad, they're angry at God. And the Lord is speaking and asking you, why do you fear the Lord? Why do you fear me? What is your DNA that's, that's your motivation that's causing you? So that's the question we're going to ask. Does the Lord, or does God, or does Job fear God for nothing? Job chapter 37. I want to read this here. Now, what's happened here is most of the book of Job is a conversation between his three friends who basically came to Job and lectured to him and instructed on him and what he needs to do and what he needs to believe. They kept thinking there's some reason, there's some sin, Job, in your life that has caused this to occur. This tragedy that's in your life, something has created it. It's this cause and effect view of God. And that's the wrong view of God. Just because you're on enduring suffering does not mean, does not we cannot does not indicate that you have sinned. Now, it could be, but you also could have clean hands, a pure heart, and you have not sinned against the Lord. You have been faithful all your years, and you're continuing today to serve Him, and you are suffering. Say, so why does that occur? Because we live in obviously a sinful, fallen world. And we as believers, we as Christians, God wants us to remain faithful even during difficult and dark days. But I want to read you a couple, uh, from verse chapter, uh, chapter 37, verses 23 and 24. Now, this is Elihu. Elihu is one of the three friends. And he made this statement right before God speaks. Right before God is going to answer Job and his friends. Verse 23. It says, The Almighty, we cannot reach him. This is Elihu speaking. 37, 23. He is exalted in power. He will not violate justice in abundant righteousness. Therefore, men fear him. He does not look favorably on any who are wise in heart. Meaning, Job, you that 
Elihu was saying, Job, because you think you're wise in your heart, God is looking favorably on you. But in fact, Elihu was saying, no, the Lord is not looking favorably on you because of your pride, because of because you think you're wise, Job. That's why these events have occurred. So now it's about to happen. In chapter 38, Job is going to receive an answer from God. And it's not just any answer. It's how the whirlwind. So it's like there's a, a cloud. A storm comes up. And God is in the storm. Just like with Elijah. Just like Elijah went up in the whirlwind. God spoke to Elijah with a, with a whisper. And here it comes again. The Lord speaks. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. He said, Who is this who obscures my counsel with ignorant words? Get ready to answer me like a man. When I question you, you will inform me. Where were you when I established the earth? That is a first question he says here. Job, where were you when I created the earth? Where were you on day one? Because you weren't created. Who are you to ask me, to accuse me, to make these statements, Job and your three friends, when you were not there during creation? You don't speak for me. You don't think like I think. You're a man. You're sinful. I am perfect and holy and righteous. And what we see in here is Job is getting reprimanded because he wasn't there. He cannot speak on behalf of God. Tell me if you have any understanding. Who fixed its dimensions? Certainly you know who stretched a measuring line across it. What supports its foundation? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? What, what's going on here is God just reminded Job that you were not there at creation. You were not there when I measured and, 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 and laid the foundation of the earth. And I think the principle that God is speaking to us, He's reminding us when we are angry, when we are hurt, when we are disappointed, God is whom we have to trust. If He can create earth, if He can build every single thing here, lay a foundation on earth, the perfect distance from sun, not too close that humans will freeze, not too far away that humans Will, uh, will, uh, will not too close that humans will burn up, not too far away that humans will freeze. I saw on the news this past week that in the, the um, planet of Venus, scientists claim they suspect aliens live there. So when we see news reports such as that, one planet over in Venus, we have aliens. Uh, Venus is a gas planet, but you know they suspect there's aliens that are certainly there. And I, I personally don't believe that, 
I don't know if there's life on other planets, but I don't believe the planet next to Earth, we're going to find aliens and, um, you know, we're just going to find ourselves as one of many peoples that exist in our solar system. Maybe on another solar system far, far away, there could be life. Other humans exist. We have no idea. I don't believe God's even going to allow that to find out. I believe the reason why we see news reports like this is I believe folks who support evolution, those that are atheists, use this type of suspicion of aliens to basically show that we evolved. And here on these other planets, these other peoples evolved too. And they just evolved on a different planet. And I think for us, we are reminded that God is our creator. We didn't create ourselves. It's not by accident. God is the one who he created this earth and he created you and I. And Job's place in life is not by accident, just like yours is not. What you are experiencing tonight, what you are going through, God is right there with you. He's helping guide and walk you through. He's asking us, in your suffering, do you trust me? I am there in the pain. I'm there in the hurt. I'm there in the disappointment. Job is probably hurt right now, disappointed. Everything he's had is gone. And now his friends are mocking him. His wife, remember, she told him, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? There's nothing to live for if you lose it all. Whereas Job's saying, foolish woman, the only thing worth living for is God. That's who I have. That's who I live and exist for. And I believe that type of thinking is what you and I need to have as well. Do you believe? Are you at the point where you have, you can say, I have the Lord. I live for God. He's mine. Suffering brings us to our knees. It forces us to answer the hard questions. Okay. Look here at chapter 39. Job 39, verse 19. Chapters 38 and 39. This is when God speaks to Job. Now, we're going to see here where God starts talking about and reminding Job of his relationship with the animals. God created animals. Animals are not an accident. God created every single animal on earth. Now remember, we're set apart from the animal kingdom because God gave us a soul. When the Bible says he created man in his own image, that is what it means. Jesus looked like us. He came, he came because he was created in our image. But that's what we see here. Verse 25. Or I'm sorry, verse 19 through 25. Verse 19. Do you give strength to the horse? God's asking this question to Job. Do you give strength to the horse? 
Do you adorn his neck with a mane? Do you make him leap like a locust? His proud snorting fills one with terror. He paws in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He charges into battle. He laughs at fear since he is afraid of nothing. He does not run from the sword. A quiver rattles at his side, along with a flashing spear and a javelin. He charges ahead with trembling rage. He cannot stand still at the sound of the ram's horn. When the ram's horn blasts, he snorts defiantly. He smells the battle from a distance. He hears the officer's shouts and the battle cry. God's reminding Job and his friends that it is actually him who actually created this horse and all its characteristics and what it does. And he guides it acting that way. The way a horse acts is not by accident. You know, we go down the street here to Keeneland, go to Breeders' Cup. In November, well, it's actually can't go. It's now online only. But you can watch the Breeders' Cup. Those horses will run very fast. God created them that way. He was fully aware, not by accident, that this would occur. Do you know God, what he's doing in chapter 39? He's giving Job these poetic discourses about the wonders of the natural world. Seeing all these wonders of the natural world. Job, I am behind them. And what's happening here is Satan is reminding Job the accusation is Job, the only reason you fear the Lord is because you're getting something out of it. Of course you're going to be a Christian. Of course you love the Lord. Of course you believe this. Because you're getting something out of it. When, when folks receive a blessing, when folks receive something from God, Satan believes. That is why they fear him. I wonder, could it be that the devil believes you fear the Lord, you are a Christian, you come to this church, and the only reason why is because God has blessed you. Our attitude of worship should be if nothing else matters. It's a focus that God, I'm responding to you, not because I've received anything, but because you are worthy of my worship. God is worthy of our worship. Even if you have nothing, God is still worthy of your worship. If you come with your hands full, your hands empty, we approach God. This is why it's so dangerous for you and I to look at some people as being more blessed because of material possessions. There could be nothing further from the truth. Money is a God. It lies. It steals. It cheats. Money can hinder your relationship, your personal walk with the Lord. So the question I ask for you, 
is Satan, if he charges you like he's charging Job with being a phony, because he receives a benefit from God. Why do you serve the Lord? Are you getting some benefits out of it? Why do you come to church? What are you receiving from being here? And I think what we see, the principle in this, why does God, why does God respond to Job? Because all of a sudden, Job feels like he's being falsely accused by his friends. And his friends are falsely accusing him. And I think the principle for us, what we want to remember tonight, God, why do I love you? What's the great purpose in this? Next Sunday night, we're going to see how Job responds to this. Job responds to God's comments. Job can't answer these questions. Just like there's no possible way we can answer these questions. I believe what we see here in the Bible is this ongoing question, this ongoing comment that's being asked. Satan answered the Lord. Does Job fear God for nothing? And we want to be able to answer that and say, no, Lord, I don't fear God for nothing. I fear God because you created me in your image. You created me with the great purpose of serving and love, loving you. You are worthy of my worship. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray for the folks tonight. I thank you for Job chapter 37 and 38 and 39 here. How you responded to this man and these three people who were falsely accusing you. And Lord, even the, or you're really not just falsely accusing, raising big questions about you. And the devil is falsely accusing you. Lord, you're reminding all these characters in this story. That you are the Lord. That you know best. Lord, I pray that you are with us. You help open up our minds to see that you are our God and you are keeping us safe. And you secure during our suffering. During suffering, we hang and hold to you. Lord, I just give you this time. Thank you for the service. I pray you bless for all the way back to church. And that we have a ministry mission that reaches this city and beyond with the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to hear from you. So glad you're able to come tonight. If you made a decision, if you've trusted the Lord, if you want to know more about our church, fill out the online connection card, and I'll be able to get in touch with you. God bless you. I'll see you next Sunday evening.